everyone, welcome to the Paw Awareness Podcast, and thanks for joining me. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, and also check us out at pawawareness.org and on Instagram at pawawareness underscore official. On Instagram, we are doing submissions for Pet of the Week, where you can submit your foster pet, and we'll pick one winner every month, and we'll give $200 to their choice of charity or foster. Thanks for watching, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Paw Awareness Podcast. Today, I am speaking with Jackie Navertil, uh, the founder of Lux Paws, and I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself, a little bit about you, the organization. Let's get into it. I'm excited. Let's talk. Hey, Chris, how are you? Thank you so much. Um, uh, I am just the person that got this rolling. Um, I saw a void. I decided that it was important to fill it. Um, and again, Lux Paws, it's just a very tiny team of part-time volunteers. We're over here in Los Angeles in a little corner, Los Feliz, Silver Lake Echo Park. Most people know our neighborhood because of Dodger Stadium. Um, and we're close to downtown. And I really had no idea how bad the problem was until we kind of cobbled together as a region and started saying, let's support our shelters by fixing cats so that they aren't breeding out of control. And so that's what we do. Um, our very first year, we helped about 67 kitties. And now on average, we're helping, let's see, last year during COVID, we helped about 1,700, which re in one year, which really goes to show you the problem, shocking to even me, is so much worse than we think. So that's what we do. You know, we're trying to really attack it uh, from the ground on the ground by trapping and fixing these kitties so that we don't have all these babies born out there. And what were some things that happened in order for you to go from, what'd you say, 67 that first year to over 1700? What were some things that you had that were successful that led to that, that growth, I guess? Um, was it community relationships? What's that like? Well, we started, I started in a little bit of a different fashion. Instead of going to pet stores, we did, uh, luckily, we started this as a neighborhood group. Um, and so we partner with small businesses primarily. Um, we did start with a local pet store, but we started infiltrating the community, so to speak. So we were hitting bookshops. We were hitting cafes. We were trying to really draw awareness to the problem because most people are like, where do all those kittens in the shelter come from? You know, why are rescues every year? We're overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed. Um, and so just to try to bring this to the public as a whole, not just people who have a cat or a dog, but all of our neighbors, we tried to partner with different businesses. Um, we used Nextdoor. We used a lot of small community forums. And we just did old-fashioned setting up a table, doing bake sales, selling cookies, saying, hey, we're out trapping and fixing cats. Do you know where there's some strays? And that community engagement is what got us off the ground. The hardest part was really the resources to fix the cats. There were plenty of kitties here. Um, unfortunately, finding spay neuter without paying two, three, four, five, six hundred dollars per cat, that was the probably the toughest part. And that it still is a big challenge for anyone who gets involved in um in trap neuter return or just trying to help neighbors fix their pet cats. There's just not enough spay neuter for the amount of animals who need it. 
Exactly. And what do you, what does that process look like in terms of, you know, get finding the cat? Do, do you get calls? Is it businesses that are calling you? Uh, what, what does that whole streamlined process look like? Everything. Um, we started, we were really late in the game. We've only had our website going for a few years. We started primarily on Facebook. We jumped to Instagram. And then again, we tried to infiltrate all of the community online social media groups. Um, one good example of our success, you know, a lot of older people are, are shut in, so to speak. And we just started posting, hey, we're trapping and, you know, we're trying to reduce the number of unwanted kittens. We're here in your, in these neighborhoods. If you see cats, let us know where. And boom, it was like one Memorial Day weekend. A girl went to a deck party at somebody's house, walked over with her drink, looked into this neighboring backyard, and there were 30 cats. And this is in a very wealthy corner of Silver Lake, trendy, trendy. It was an old woman, and she needed help desperately. And, you know, there was no one coming to her. And so because this young lady went to this party and saw it, she connected us with the lady and boom, you know, we were able to get dozens of kittens out and adopted, fixed all the cats. The woman, I mean, it was a game changer for this, this old woman because she just didn't know where to turn. So that kind of community engagement and, you know, really boots on the ground is, is what has led to our success. People telling, you know, just one neighbor telling another, telling another. And what are some of the bottlenecks you face in this type of rescue business? Is it, I mean, is it equipment? Is it time? Is it volunteers? I know you mentioned you're a small organization. What, like, what are some of the resources that you could use more of from your perspective? I think what's hard for people in TNR to understand, I have a lot of sympathy for people in different situations across the country when it comes to TNR. What's tough for us in certain areas, I think in the past, trap new to return has been a suburban thing. In the inner city, you know, dense urban areas, it's tough. I mean, it's not uncommon for there to be no place for a trapper to park. We're parking in a red zone and hauling traps down the street. Flashers on, pray we don't get a $400 ticket. You know, access is difficult. Apartment buildings, cats are behind. Um, so it really depends on where you're trapping um, in terms of the need. Another tough thing that I feel for for people who get into TNR, um, obviously having access to free spay-neuter. Free spay-neuter is not a handout. It's a lifesaver. So to be able to provide people who are interested in either helping a neighbor fix their pet cats or, you know, trapping and neuter, spaying and neutering strays, you got to have someplace for free. You know, you'd go broke paying for this. And it is a community service. But the second part of it is sometimes, how are you going to transport those cats? Do you have a place to hold them? Some folks are spending $2,000 a month for a studio apartment, and they can only stack three traps up in their bathtub. You know, so the need is so dire. And I feel like there are, you know, there are ways, but I feel like trying to get free spay neuter clinics set up where people could maybe drop cats off at night, um, you know, so they don't have to hold them in their house as long and, and filling those little voids to make it easy, whether you're in an urban environment or 
if you're rural, you shouldn't have to drive 200 miles to fix a cat. You know, how can each community bring that spay neuter to their community so that they can go ahead and fix the problem themselves? And what does that look like in terms of, of expanding relationships and, and bringing in new people and meeting new people about this? How is that done? I know that you mentioned is social media. I mean, it's, it's the power of social media, right? It is. And what we really have tried to do, um, you know, I mean, it gets cumbersome because again, a lot of folks who, if they see that live in our neighborhood on next door, I see people commenting all that. There's so many animal issues that aren't being addressed. There's no one-stop shop for education. That was something I learned when I first started our organization. I kind of secret shopped for a couple days, made phone calls, trying to see where, and I, I was blown away at how hard it was. You know, I've got a litter of kittens or I've got a cat I need to fix. Well, you can only get three vouchers from the city to fix them for free. And you're going to wait a few months. And I'm like, Oh my God, I need like, this is a job in itself. So I think the education on a community level, because each community is going to be a little bit different, you know, um, and to kind of customize that and then to get neighbors, even if they're not out there trapping or fostering or adopting to go ahead and get that message out into the community um, through social media or next door. Some of the neighborhood groups are just knocking on a neighbor's door saying there's a rescue that can fix your cats. Let's do it. Yeah. And that kind of leads me into kind of what we were talking about before the call. And I, I want to have this conversation. It sparks the conversation that where you mentioned, you know, adopt, don't shop is great. And I think that's important to, I'm not really one to say it, but I, I want people to have that conversation in their head. But beyond that is that you brought up a great point. It's how do you eliminate the problem altogether? Right. And I think you it's it's you know instead of getting from point a to point b let's eliminate starting at point a to begin with and that's spay and neuter so i really want you to talk about that and i know that you mentioned maybe gavin newsom uh out here in california he's the governor of california for anyone who doesn't know did something too so i'd love to talk with you about that yeah i mean i think one of the biggest things you know here in los angeles there was an injunction placed on the city just as they were getting 10 years ago, getting ready to start fixing cats. Very long story. You can Google it, find a lot of information. It has affected us. So the city couldn't really fund fixing strays. Um, and, you know, now that that's gone, a big hiccup is there still are not enough spay neuter clinics. So we've got to really look at this in terms of what is the cure. And I, and I think COVID has made people focus a little bit more on problem solution. And when you look at adopt, don't shop and foster and all these other things, it's like, okay, but is that actually the cure? You know, it does, once the animals are here, it's moving them out, but wait, how do we stop the, you know, the press is, where's our inventory control? Um, and that's where spay neuter comes in and the toughest thing that I'm learning is there's nowhere near enough resources. You know, waiting four months, the one clinic that we use that I love um, is Fix Nation, um, which is such a great name because that's truly if we, for every animal advocate, you know, that's, we need to become a Fix Nation. Um, you know, 
certain times there's a four to four month wait just to get an appointment to fix a cat. The demand is so heavy. We need more vets who are versed in high volume spay neuter. It is a bit of a specialty, um, you know, and that can fix many uh, dogs and cats at a high rate. We need more vet techs. So there's all these little voids that need to be filled on a community level. And this is where I say as a community, how can we come together? How can we get the funding to start ramping up some of these programs to get more RVTs and vets involved, open more free clinics so anybody can help someone fix an animal without having to, the fact that you're doing it for free as a volunteer, to have to pay to do it is asking a lot. Um, I think it's the very least we can do is make sure that those services for a simple spay neuter are there for anyone that wants to help reduce the number of unwanted animals in, in our cities. And I mean, and like you said, like just the size of your organization, I feel like a lot of these organizations are, they're bootstrapped. They're, they're small, they're doing everything they can. And, you know, there needs to be more, there needs to be more awareness, more education, more vets. And from your, what you've seen in the years you've been doing this, is that something, do you think that that's been keeping up with the, like the, the cat and dog population? Or do you think that's something that's kind of going the inverse? It's like an inverse relation. What do you think about that? Yeah. And I think what's sad too, I mean, just to touch upon the, again, I think it really takes a critical eye because your heart goes out when you have a, you know, when you have newborn kittens just everywhere and the shelters are full and they're having to do clear the shelters, give them away for, you know, I mean, everybody's begging and begging. You become kind of overwhelmed by it all. But when you start to break it down and you say to yourself, wait a minute, you know, if rescue groups that just do adoptions are only pulling cats out of shelters, fixing them and getting them adopted, we can't pull them fast enough. We've tried that for years and we still, the problem is still there. So you have to hit on both sides of, of the problem, which is, you know, and again, where I go back to community, it makes more sense to get people in a local region involved, especially in big cities, you know, whether it be regional fosters who are supporting those trappers, um, get regional spay neuter clinics up and running where people aren't having to sit in traffic for five hours to get a cat fixed or spending $300, you know, try to make the services a little bit more attainable for everybody in the community. And, um, you know, I think you just get more people engaged. It's just like trash cleanup. You know, you can't ask people to go, oh, go clean up the trash in your neighborhood, but not give them trash bags. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, yeah, no, that makes perfect <laughs> sense. Yeah, I just have the the supplies and what is necessary for people, setting people up to succeed with this and giving them the tools for success. That's awesome. Uh, I completely I agree. I think we, like I always say we, and, and we're, we, we are a good example. You can look at our little team. And I mean, would I have started this had I known how many cats there were? Maybe not. I, I, you know, people, there have been people who think that we're bragging about the number of cats we fix. No, I'm broadcasting that because I look at our shelter numbers every month. I try to, I go on, it's public knowledge. I look at what's going into the shelter. Then I look and I'm saying, whoa 
If we can find this many cats that need to either be rescued from the street or fixed, and there's that many going into the shelter, the problem is so much worse than any of us could imagine. So we thus be their voice, you know, public, let's start rallying around funding for some more, you know, good old services to support this, as opposed to just kind of pretending that it's not there. Yeah. And I think that leads me into something I wanted to ask you was, is, is there anything uh, like, let's say someone is listening to this and they're incredibly passionate. Just, they're like, I want to help with spay and neuter, whatever that may be, help with your organization. Is there, Where can someone help? Can someone help you directly? Or maybe like, let's say they're not around LA area and they're outside. What can someone do tomorrow to start taking action on this cause? I think the first thing is to start looking at your community. So many people don't look, call your shelter, call a few veterinarians, especially if you're in a small town, call your city officials. In many cities, the shelters are publicly funded. So instead of going and taking your old blankets, you know, go in there and say, hey, what are we doing about spay neuter? What are we doing to reduce the number of animals coming into the shelter? Not to move them out, but what are we doing to reduce the population so that we, you know, so our rescues aren't as overwhelmed? Do we have enough vets? Could we rally a couple vets to fix a few extra cats on the weekend? You know, this grassroots get something off the ground. Call um, one of the biggest things that I have become an advocate of is there are a million amazing organizations out there that are doing adoptions and, and all these different things. Find a little one and that is doing the spay neuter because I can guarantee you like us, they are probably overwhelmed and they need fosters desperately. And you can be a conscious adopter. So in other words, like with my trappers, if we rescue a litter of kittens, you're gonna see if we trap the mom. <laughs> Did we do due diligence? You know, did we fix the other cats so the breeding isn't happening? And you know where your kitten came from. You know, it's kind of it's kind of nice to know that you took an animal that didn't have to go to the shelter and you gave them a home. Um, you know, who an animal that normally would have just been left out there to breed. So I think doing that kind of conscious work in your own community, no matter how big the city is. Every city is, is little communities um, and talk to your neighbors, you know, even if it's education. I know on next door, um, we've been seeing a lot of people. I, I'm so proud to see people who have learned and, you know, oh, thanks for neuter for that stray. Oh, that cat is an ear tipped. That needs to be TNR'd. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy. You know, people are thinking of that. Yeah, that's am and that's amazing when that kind of conversation can happen in neighborhoods, right? Where it's just like everyone instantly knows. Just like if there's a problem, you call the cops, right? If it's like, oh, we see some cats that their ears aren't clipped. Hey, better call spay and neuter before this this gets out of control and all these kittens are born. And you know, I think that's such an awesome. Uh, I don't hear that often, but I think that's cool that you get to you're hearing those and seeing those conversations happen. And I think that's a wonderful. That sign of start of something to start. So 
I, well, I just think it's something, I, you know, I'm from Ohio originally, but I lived in New York. I learned to trap in Miami. I live in LA. You know, we all, you, wherever you live, you can, you know, it's, it's grassroots. You get your own. If you're an animal advocate, look at the problem, go f- ask the questions in your community. And again, look for where, where are the voids? And I think education is big. I think people really need to understand, you know, that these catchphrases like adopt, don't shop, no kill, and all these other things, they're lovely, but at the end of the day, there are animals, the numbers are still way too high. And we all have to do something about it. If it's just sharing some information on a neighborhood forum so that your neighbors learn what to do when they find kittens, is, you know, don't just take the kittens, fix that mama cat, you know what I mean? And those types of good, those actions will make a big difference. Um, And anyone that's doing trap, actually the trapping, the best thing everybody can do is advocate for a spay-neuter clinic so they can get those kitties fixed as soon as they can and fix more and more and more. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I think that's amazing advice. And, and, uh, what is, uh, what's on the books for you guys coming up in the next, I don't know, year, two years, what are some things that you guys want to see happen goals, stuff like that? We need to make some big jumps. Um, now that the injunction has been overturned, you know, LA, there are a lot of people trapping solo independent people who have not, who aren't collaborating the way our little team is. Um, and it's really hard for some of them who are out there alone. Um, so I want to work harder. We've, we've partnered with Fix Nation on a number of different things, and I want to work harder to try to go neighbor, to try to encourage neighborhoods here in LA to start banding together. Um, we're working with some of the neighborhood councils right now and a mobile spay neuter, uh, organization called Spay for LA. And so we're trying to land that, get the neighborhood councils to pay for it, bring that into the community to just as a springboard to get people, okay, you know, who needs, whose pets aren't fixed? Um, What stray cats are there? And how can we start bringing this into the neighborhood, you know, to at least plant a seed? And and that's what I would like to see happen. You know, we're going to keep trapping because shockingly enough, um, we're, we have a lot of work still to do um, here in our neighborhood. There's still a lot of cats we have to trap, but I want to I want to try to work on on that and get more neighborhoods in in LA involved and show them that they could do it, even if it's two or three people coming together. You know, it's a start. Yes, it is. I think that's awesome. And and lastly, I want to ask where can people find you, follow your cause, see the progress, just everything you guys got going on, whether you're an individual or an organization, where can we find you at? Well, we are, our website is savekittensla.org. Um, why is it Save Kittens and Not Lux Paws? Because basically every spay neuter is saving kittens. Every cat we fix, we're saving dozens of kittens. So the impact is so great. And I always say to people, you know, let's stop crying over these poor babies that are out there suffering and dying and go do something about it. Make an impact. So go to savekittensla.org. Our Instagram, we're very reality based. Um, You know, some people are about all the fluff and we do have a lot of fluff. But, um, you know, I really, I think people are smart. I respect the public. 
and I want to give them a reality. It's not always good, but at least they can see what we are de dealing with on a daily basis, the reality, so that they can make a choice to start making some change happen, you know? Because um, everything isn't good out there, but it, it could be a lot better. Yeah, and I think that's awesome that you guys are sharing, just giving people the real, just the real story because, and sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard, but that's honestly the type of stuff that sometimes motivates me to get out there and just do, you know, I just this, just this podcast and talking with people like you that are making real life sacrifices, uh, you know, just those are the type of people that will really carry this cause. And so it's, thank you so much for coming on and getting and sharing what your organization does. And if it's all the links to everything you mentioned will be in the description below, wherever you're listening at, check them out. Thank you for having me. And thank you very much for talking about trap neuter return and spay neuter and every, you know, get behind it. It's such a great cause. It's a good thing. And it brings people together. It's hard, but it brings people together through that work. So thank you. Thank you.